Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scott. I'm Shatay, and we're the Hazes. Welcome to the Love Haze podcast, where we talk about those unspoken hard parts of life. We love to process out loud what most people experience in silence. That's right, babe. This podcast is for people like us who want to disrupt the cycles and mindsets and behaviors that no longer serve them so that they can lead healthier, freer, more fulfilling lives. Amen. Yes. Life is out here just doing what it wants to do, y'all. Always. Uh, And there's nothing we can really do about it. Mm -hmm. But what would it look like if we just accepted that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Learn how to go with the flow Mm -hmm. and really just grow through it. Yeah. Um, Join us as we process through it today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Welcome back to our Black Love Journey. Let's get into this thing. Let's go. So, Mrs. Hayes. Yeah, yeah. How do we get here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a Rihanna moment there. This was actually your idea, first of all, mm-hmm. even though I'm doing the setup. Mm-hmm. And his words, response, verbatim, y'all, when I said, why are we talking about this? Where'd you get this from? He said, because our life. <laughs> <laughs> right. The end, period. Our life. We already talked about this last episode, and I think it was from the perspective of, you know, um, we mentioned life is just lifing and mm-hmm. sort of like process through the haze of like life, just lifing. And it sort of had a tone of like life was happening to us. Mm-hmm. Right. And like how to make it through when life is happening to us. This conversation is putting us more in, I don't want to say a seat of control because we're trying to overcome our control issues, right. but sort of in a way that we are partnering with life and not, falling victim to all the things that are just happening to us and all the ways that we're feeling stretched thin. And so you hear things like um, healing isn't linear, success isn't linear, weight loss isn't, nothing's linear, but none of that is linear because life is not linear. Like you said in the intro, it's going to do what it wants to do, right? right? You heard the things like um, tell God your plans and like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right. Because there's an element of, like, we can plan everything mm-hmm. out and plan to get from point A to point B. And then, actually, it's going to look <laughs> like, yeah, all like over the place. that. Uh, and so we hear things like, you know, when life throws you lemons, make lemonade. And uh, one of the colloquialisms that I really like that from my friend and mentor, my previous uh, leader, she says things like, steer with the ice. So if you're trying mm-hmm. to go this way... And the ice is like, you know, you're veering somewhere else instead of trying to like control it and go back. Like, how can you how can you steer with it and Mm -hmm. and sort of find your way that way? And so I think this conversation is really more about like, how can we be co-collaborators with life and not feel like, oh, I'm just um, whatever happens. I just got to, you know, figure it out and deal with it. But, you know, yeah, yeah, just how to how to have a little bit more ownership in in the way that life is happening. So uh, let's start with our own lives. Like how has life shown you that it's not linear? <laughs> what you done been through, basically. <laughs> All of it. How much time you got. Uh, I think in in all the ways, uh, I think one of the things that, that I found for myself is that we plan in a linear way. Yeah. We plan to... Um, be good students, go off to college, get our degree, get yep. a good career, yep. you know, buy our first car, mm-hmm. uh, get married, buy our first home, mm-hmm. you know, have babies, all those things. And and we plan, 
you know, for things to happen, you know, just like that. Chronologically. Exactly. And um, then even, you know, what you were saying earlier, just about, you know, and then life happens to us. And so even along the line of colloquialisms, I've, I've had to learn to take, I've been forced to take on the perspective that life is happening for us yeah. and not to us. But that that means that none of this stuff is happening in a straight line. Yeah, There are things that I thought that I had figured out and I was ready to go from point A to point B mm-hmm. and then from point B to point C. And then something happened that like I took two steps forward and three steps back mm-hmm. and I found myself back at back at point B mm-hmm. and having to do some reworking around that. And um, life has just continued to show up for me in that way and showing me that even though I think I'm done over here, there's still some more work to be done in this way Mm. Uh, or at this point that I have to go back. Something that I missed, something I got to go back and rework. Uh, Even as recent as uh, last week with this reemergence of COVID, I thought we were done with masks at my job. I threw my whole box of masks away that was in my desk. I was like, oh, we're done with that. And we've been free of masks for about mm, a little over six months at the job. And then we had three veterans and four staff come up positive. Mm. And all of a sudden, we were back to this mask mandate. And I was like, wait, I thought we were done with COVID. And the thing about it is, is, is that we're having to learn that COVID is probably going to be like the flu. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be here. We will have to get annual um, shots, you know, like we get flu shots. Uh, so it'll be COVID boosters and all this kind of stuff. And we're having to learn that we're going to have to put this thing that we never planned for into our plan now, mm-hmm. into the way that we provide health care for our veterans is going to have to be a part of like our ongoing health initiatives, things that we hadn't planned for. We had planned for things to be moving along, you know, post COVID. And here it is back. And this understanding that people going to get COVID every now and then. Mm. And it like through everything else, we had to go back and go to virtual for some stuff that we have been doing in person, all of that. But life happened to us in much the same way. Well, we had, you know, our plan for babies and mm-hmm. all this other kind of stuff. And we had been, been up around over the river through the woods and sure. no babies are here. And yeah. we're having to figure out what life looks like in this moment Yeah, uh, with redefining what family is going to be for us. Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't been a straight line. And in all things, life is teaching us that it, it isn't linear. You have to learn how to. Um, deal with deal with life and understand that it's not going to be a straight line mm-hmm. what about for you man so many things <laughs> like how much time can i mm-hmm. th- will it take for me to say all of these things one of the first thoughts i had was uh being married i remember i remember almost the moment where i was when i thought the thought i was around 15 in high school and i remember thinking oh my gosh how naive i remember thinking around 15 like i probably like be married and have kids at 25 and i remember <laughs> feeling at 15 that 25 was old do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it felt like a seasoned adult mm-hmm. and do you know how old i was when i got married 
No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was, I'm not sure. 38, y'all. I was 38. <laughs> Do you know how many relationships happen between 15 yeah. and 38? And, you know, great moments and really not great moments and just the who I became in, in, in the midst of all of that. And then to your mm-hmm. point, no babies yet. So I had planned for 25, mm-hmm. 38. Okay. Uh, my career chose a major in college. And in my defense, I didn't choose according to like what lit me up. You know, fortunately mm-hmm. I found my way to psychology and that was really great. And then what the heck was my career? Like how to, how right. I have such a, a, a career and a body of work that I'm so proud of. How the heck did I get here? Mm-hmm. Thank God I just trusted myself and followed my heart and my intuition to build something. Mm-hmm. But my gosh, it's not what I went to school for. I went to school yeah. for a psych on a pre-med track. Took the MCAT and was like, eh, I don't want to do this. No, thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> went to LA, dance career. And then even then I was like, you know, the goal is like, I want to dance with Beyonce. And that didn't happen, but I did a ton of great projects, lots of theater and like, my career evolved as I evolved, which is not something people talk about. Right. And, you know, I had only seen models of people who got a, went to school or, or didn't got a job. And you, you stayed at that job for mm-hmm. decades and decades mm-hmm. because it provided a life for you that you needed. Yeah. Right. There was no, this is very new with our generations, you know, um, X and Y, I guess those mm-hmm. are the generations, yeah. X and millennials that, we actually are like not staying with companies and we're mm-hmm. <laughs> jumping around and we're starting the side hustles and the businesses and doing all the things sort of like just unconventionally. Yeah. And yeah, those are just the, the first couple of things that came to mind, but you know, there's so many others where it's like, I had, yeah. I thought that it was going to go this one way and it absolutely did not. Even with my dance career, I had no idea that I would end up like getting a master's in dance and then becoming a dance educator in the way that that I was uh, taught at community colleges, like all over the city of uh, all over the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, and then choreographed a ton of theater, which I absolutely loved. Didn't realize I would love that, you know. Just and then becoming a dance writer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like writing for I starting the working dancer.com and then that pivoting me into workforce development and then supporting people through their own career pivots had no idea that that could have happened. And a lot of those moments, you know, I think what we're talking about here, a lot of those moments uh, were like, what the hell is happening (laughs) in my life? Mm -hmm. Where's the money going to come from? I want a better lifestyle than this. There were a lot of moments where I was like, why does it feel so hazy? Why does my career feel like, it's not linear. You know, I've got friends who like decided to go to law school, went there and then mm-hmm. became lawyers and bought houses in their twenties. And, you know, for some reason my life just always felt like it was lifing. I always chose this. I'm going to follow my heart path. And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. You're right. It's beautiful. I don't know if it's just like following that heart path is just, it's, it's a little tougher on purpose, you know, than necessarily a head path. That's not to say that the head path isn't difficult because I also know people who chose those very specific pathways from college and actually didn't enjoy it and just mm-hmm. stuck through it because it's what they chose. Yeah. And, you know, sounded good and it's a status. And, and I don't know how fulfilled they are in this mm-hmm. moment, but still, you know, anyways, I say all of that to say. 
all of it, like you said. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, of it. yeah. And I mean, I I know people who I know a lot of people who were classmates of mine or the year before me, year after me, who are not social workers anymore. Yeah, I know people who became car salesmen. I know a, a gang of teachers mm-hmm. with social work degrees. Um, people who just decided that it wasn't for them mm-hmm. uh, anymore. And now more and more you're seeing like kids have the ability to take gap years, Yeah, you know, to figure out what it is that they want to do. And I don't know. I want to fight the person who said that at 16 years old, you have to know yeah. what you want to do. And we got to stop uh, asking little kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, they don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I know what I, I know what I saw in the book yesterday, yeah. and it's the freshest thing on my mind. Yeah. But all of that to say that um, you mentioned earlier, like I was doing all all of this while I was becoming, mm-hmm. right? And that's what stuck in my mind, like the idea of just learning to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Is like I'm I'm becoming. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't know what that is yet. But giving people the freedom to just be becoming um, and not to go off on a path of careers, but just in general in life. You know, we always talk about this idea of being a habitual student. Yeah. Right. And when you graduate is it seems like we dismiss this idea of learning, mm-hmm. you know, further and. You have to then become, well, you should have been, I believe, a student of life the entire time. I think what I'm learning to be more grounded in is that I'll never learn everything that I need to learn, Mm. that there will be evolution and growth and change and all those things that will forever be a part of my life. And I'm having to learn to not plan for things to be linear, for Mm. things to go in a straight line. Mm-hmm. For me to just give myself the freedom to be becoming uh, and to pivot as I need to pivot, to uh, try, try, What's that? It's from some movie. But anyway. Okay. But, um. You know, when 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 you are trying, that is just what it is. Like, I'm I'm putting together a formula. You're going to see if it works. If it doesn't, I go back and I try something else. Yes. And I think nobody nobody was talking about life in that way. And so mm-hmm. I heard things like, I can also remember the very moment when I was in my youth, like in my teens. Thinking Did you think like, that you would be saying that no, when you'd be old enough? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I remember the moment when I said, why does everybody say life is hard? You know, my old don't have to work, yeah. you know, needs are met, safe in my home mm-hmm. with my family, you know, not what a privilege. Right. Privileged life. Like, what mm-hmm. What do you mean life is hard? Because that's all, the only thing people said. And I think mm-hmm. now it's about managing the expectations. Like, we have these conversations to normalize, like, mm-hmm. the truth about life. That's yeah. really what we do here, right? We expose mm-hmm. it and then normalize it. And so I think instead of just saying that life is hard... What I would have felt was more helpful and at some point, maybe not at 15, but what I'm feeling like is more helpful to actually express is it's not linear. You're going to plan things and then things are just going to happen. A family member is going to get sick. Someone's going to pass away. You're going to experience loss in the midst of your planning. Yeah. And you're going to need to um, 
figure out how to keep moving through it. Try not yeah. to let it take you out. Like if we could have talked about it in that way, mm-hmm. you know, maybe your relationship is going to end and you never thought it would or whatever the thing is, yeah. just normalizing that, that that's what we mean when we say that life is hard. And then if you can figure out a way to like grow through it, use it for your good, you'll be okay. You know? Yeah. I'm getting to the point too, where I, the life has, I'm going to tell you the term that I used to hate the most. got to learn to live life on life's terms. Mm. I hate it so much because I want to live life on my own terms. <laughs> you don't like authority either. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I generally have a problem with authority. But also, I ain't living on nobody's terms but my own. Mm-hmm. But then life will humble you. Uh, my grandmother said something. I was just with her uh, last month, and she said, life will grow you up. Mm. Oh, and I was like, Say it again. Like it felt yeah. so like to the crux of life. Yeah. Life will grow you up. Yeah. Yeah. And since we own colloquialisms, I remember my dad also saying, like, pain will teach you where pride won't let you learn. Mm. So just, you know, I've I've always been like that. I've been hard headed since I was a little bitty boy. You're a cancer. And I'm so. still don't do that. Don't do me. <laughs> don't do me. We we can shut all this down. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've just always wanted to do it my own self way, mm-hmm. and sometimes I can be committed to almost committed to failure by trying to figure out like how much of the wrong thing I can bring into it and still get a correct answer, or just trying to force my will into mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and making it be what I want it to be. When life is just pulling me in a different direction or still has more to show me. Um, but much like the seasons, I've learned, like, as an, an older, um, young adult, mm-hmm. um, I'm learning to be more mindful and to do things like to usher in the seasons mm-hmm. um, and to treat life that same way. Like I usher, I, I welcome in this new season of life. I welcome in this transition. I welcome in, you know, I'm one of both of our favorite times of year for different reasons is the fall. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited that fall is coming for college football, for homecomings, for seeing all my friends, for being a little bit cooler weather. You want to wear more boots. And cover-ups and shawls and sweaters and shit. Yeah, just to think about that. We like them for very different reasons. You, an extrovert, want like all your people and all the celebrations. Mm -hmm. I want cool weather. I want the colors of the leaves. I want to reflect on the things and I need to let go. I have an introverted appreciation Mm -hmm. for fall and you, true to form, are like... Where all the people, all the celebrations, all the kickers. Yes. All the kickbacks. Where I don't have to be sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited about fall, too. And sweater dresses and boots. Yeah, all of those things. But I've learned to just appreciate it for different reasons. But it was a time I'd be like, oh, my God, why is it so cold now? Mm -mm. I miss the summer. Mm -mm. You know, and then it get to be winter. Be like, oh, my God, Mm got to stay in the house. Mm -hmm. And it's so cold, you miss summer. So hot, you miss winter. Mm -hmm. It's so this. You, you know, it, it's spring and I was raining all the damn time. Yeah. I want to be outside. And if I can be mindful in the moment 
and I can learn to appreciate the season that I'm in, not only with the weather, but with everything, um, to being able now to search for it, even in the midst of um, going through some particular setback or problem, learning to be able to appreciate the season that I'm in, uh, most recently behind this car stuff, and uh, being able to appreciate having partnership where could be like, hey, we're going to move this money around so this thing could be taken care of. It was a setback. I didn't anticipate having to do that amount of um, having to lose that amount of money on a car repair. Mm -hmm. But being able to, to zoom out and say, I have the level of partnership to where I ain't set back for forever. This is not money that I don't have, right? Between me and my partner, we have enough money to get this thing done, and we're fine. Mm-hmm. And we eat spam sandwiches, and we mm. can make we always we can always make more money. Like the money is right. is yeah. I love what you said about the seasons because that's the essence of the this conversation. Is like mm-hmm. how do you appreciate every season? How do you go through the flow? Go with the flow. And that is really hard when you're so invested, right? Especially take our fertility journey, for example. Yeah. Our, we, we said we we're going to start saying our journey to parenthood instead. So we're going to reframe that story. Our journey to parenthood and, you know, like really build up your faith and like put your money into it and your time mm-hmm. into it and your body into it. Mm-hmm. And then it not happened the way that you planned. Yes, we're human beings. So even like mm-hmm. feeling a way about it is okay. And then I think it's just, it's it's like something about trusting the process. And I I kind of hate that mm-hmm. <laughs> colloquialism, Ain't like no trusting kinda. the person, the process. And I think it's also because, you know, my whole intention for trust is like kick my ass this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really is that. I hate to say it because it's so cliche, but like, what does it mean and look like to trust the process in every mm-hmm. in every season or to know or even just to know? Maybe you don't have the desire or the will or the strength to trust it just yet, but at least just acknowledging like, OK, I had this plan. It's not going the way that I planned. This is what, you know, like trust in the process. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's talk a little bit about the haze. Like, what's the haze of going with the flow? I think mm-hmm. I just mentioned, like, when you're so invested, you got everything in it, and it's like you're trying to do this, and life is trying to do this, and it's like yeah, this trying. gap here. I didn't ask for that. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want yeah, it. It hurts. It yeah. hurts a lot of times. I think if I could say this one yeah. haze. Um, for me, the haze is like the fruit not looking like what I thought it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, journey to parenthood um, was willing to do all the things mm-hmm. like take my money, mm-hmm. give me all this weight that I've lost. Mm-hmm. I'll put it back on to do these fertility meds. I'll do all the things as long as the fruit is a baby. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the haze for me in this moment, in this season is having to look for the silver lining um, and go into therapy sessions and be able to identify other good things that have happened on the, you know, on the end of this particular part of our journey to parenthood. Like, you know, we've definitely 
drawn closer to each other, mm-hmm. have been have learned how to be more supportive of each other, have been able to reframe some things, to rethink some things, to understand that um, even our language matters, mm-hmm. you know, that we we have to say things like the journey to parenthood. We have to trust more mm-hmm. what trust looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things are things that have been hazing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I trusting that my higher power power is going to do and have us exactly where we need to be? Mm-hmm. Or am I trusting him to give me what I want? Yes, that right. part. Yeah, and so yeah. I have struggled the most with, and the biggest haze for me has been like rethinking what the fruit looks like. Mm. Is it only good? Is it only the life that I desire that I desired if the fruit is the fruit that I wanted? Or but is it that right? Is it that it's it's happening in the way that I that it should? And maybe God got a different plan or a different way for me to get there, or it's not supposed to happen when I'm 45 or 46. It will happen in its own time. That's really powerful. And if I could share something that you share with me, even, you know, we have always called each other like baby mother and baby father. Mm-hmm. And in the wake of, you know, our most recent disappointment, you sort of stopped calling me that. And then after a while, because we've been grieving for a while, y'all, and I mm-hmm. think, you know, we sometimes it feels like we're turning a corner and then sometimes, you know, it's, it's not it's, linear. <laughs> it's, it's back. Right. Uh, but you called me baby mother in a text and I was like, thank you for calling me that. And you said, we've already birthed some great things, mm-hmm. some beautiful things. And that meant so much to me, but that really speaks to just like rethinking, like reframing. Mm-hmm. Look at you doing your work and therapy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So proud of you, boy. <laughs> um, but it really speaks to like, yeah, reframing the thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really kind of pulling us into like, how do you navigate it? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I can't, especially in this conversation about life with any sort of confidence say that I've got anything to offer that is like definitive answer. Like this yeah. is how you do it because we are still on the journey ourselves. We're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I think what I can offer is to just show up um, and feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. So if you're hurting in this moment, the hurt in this moment, just don't stay there. Don't wallow there. Yeah, You can't stay. Move forward in some place, like feel how you feel when you feel it. Make sure that you have the support that you need to keep, like, to process through it, to move forward. However, like, you get more tools to kind of work mm-hmm. through it, and um, figure out how to. This oh, feels like a really cliche thing to say. Like, figure out how to dream a j- new dream or hold on to that one differently. Like, you just got to mm-hmm. feel how you feel, get the support that you need, and just figure out how to like take the next step. Yeah. Maybe you don't see the path all the way down, but like, okay, what's the next step? We've spent a lot of time recently being like, what is the next step? I think for us specifically talking about parenthood, it's just been to like heal and then we'll go from there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like we haven't even, yeah, that is the Mm. step we're on. And then the rest is TBD, you know? Yeah. I think for for me, uh, even with what you were just saying um, about, you know, the language, I think y'all always hear me say that language matters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in that season where um, I had nothing but like this reckless faith mm-hmm. that, you know, we were going to be the proud birth parents of happy, healthy, whole, beautiful brown babies. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that that still can't happen, but I lost that 
faith. Mm -hmm. And what I had decided in my grief was that I was not going to give God the pleasure of hearing me pronounce those things over myself and over my household uh, and over this woman that I've been charged to protect Mm -hmm. and him keep breaking our heart. Mm -hmm. And so I went into protective mode uh, with life and with God. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to speak those things that can't happen for us. And I put up like this wall around and decided that I wasn't going to fight with God this time because I'm more spiritually mature than to try to fight with God because I didn't get what I want. But what I was going to do was like not want it anymore. Yeah. And so you're going to shut down that part of your desire. Yeah. Basically. I'm going to give him the rest of it. Yeah. Because I mean, you will do that. Won't you, <laughs> Mr. Provider. <laughs> I ain't all the way healed. Y'all. <laughs> Talking trash to God. <laughs> what did you do? Also, um, I'm finding my way back yeah. um, to, like I said, redefining what the fruit looks like. And for me, even with, you know, people who are, you you can't fake the funk mm-hmm. with healing. Um, and therapy has just been an invaluable tool for me. And I had to be in therapy. Even was running from my therapist for a little while mm-hmm. um, because I didn't want to do the work, right? There's people out here faking like they in therapy and just saying the words and not doing the work, but the work is hard. Mm-hmm. And I was ducking that work because I had my own plan. I had, my plan was just like, I'm just breaking up with God in that part mm-hmm. of my life. He can have everything else. He can have my tithe. I'm not going to stop doing, but I will stop pronouncing this thing over myself because what I had convinced myself was like, there's a role that I'm playing in breaking my own heart mm-hmm. by continuing to give God this thing that he's saying no to. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, I mean, I ain't going to keep breaking my heart. I wouldn't do it with anybody else. So I'm not going to do it with God either. Mm-hmm. But I'm having to find my way back to whatever faith looks like for me. And also um, realize the impact that it has on the person that I love the most. Um, when I don't open myself up to faith, when mm-hmm. I don't redefine what the fruit looks like, mm-hmm. when I don't understand that um, God is not a genie, right? He's mm-hmm. not here to for me to rub the bottle and just get what I want. Uh, and then I can have this transaction where I'm good to other people and I just get what I want. Life doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. Grief doesn't work that way. None of the things, you know, we have seasons. And even in those seasons and in the things that we go through, there is something that we're supposed to be doing. And from to use my I statements, there's something that I'm supposed to be doing. A part of that is the work on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it is not that, again, that we are experts. It is for us to be having a conversation. So somebody who's going through um, their own journey to parenthood or, you know, their own temporary fallout with God. And, uh, you know, maybe that person won't decide that they're leaving the church or, you know, leaving behind relationship with God altogether because they didn't get their way. So if that is my part of the work, then I will still be producing fruit over here no matter what. And it may just not look like what I had hoped that it would look like or what I wanted it to look like. Yeah. And then that that part is really difficult is like 
not just reframing your language, but, you know, when we were in church last week, the pastor was preaching about something similar. And it's like when the rug is pulled from under you and like you don't have all the pieces left, like how do you rebuild life with the pieces that you have left? Like how yeah. do you and build the version of life that you didn't even think was going to be your mm-hmm. version to build? It's like those things. You know, here's, we hear stories about people who, you know, lost their spouses in mm-hmm. their 30s and are like having to figure out how to like raise kids. Nobody yeah. plans any of that, yeah. you know, nobody mm-hmm. plans any of that. And then you're just having to figure out, I wrote something down, even in just pre- preparing for this conversation, like what could it look like to trust and adjust? Like, what mm-hmm. does that even mean? Like I'm learning, navigating my way through trust and learning that, yeah. you know, I thought one way about trust and maybe wasn't fully trusting myself. Not maybe wasn't fully trusting myself, wasn't fully trusting God. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and And then now here I am, you know, having really tried to grapple with like, this is not what I thought life was going to be. And then what kind of adjustment can I make uh, as I move forward? And lately it's been like, okay, I'm really taking a look at like, how can I live more intentionally? If this is what life is going to be, I don't want to be burnt out. I don't want to be, you know, like I'm going to Mm -hmm. actually live my life. And so I think that's another part of it in terms of not being linear. Um, I got sucked into this trap in my twenties. And I said, I wasn't going to do it again, but I, I found myself kind of doing it again in a different way. Mm-hmm. When I was building my dance career in my twenties in LA, I was grinding. Like I was laser focused on this thing. So I, uh, in the toughest season of that part of my life was working overnight. So from like 11 PM to 7 AM and which is already hard in and in and of itself, I would maybe sleep for a couple hours and I had an agent um, at the time. And then I would go to auditions that could be mid mornings mm-hmm. or afternoons. I might sleep for a hot second and then go to class. Cause you have to be in class. That's where you network. That's where people mm-hmm. get to know you. Some of those same instructors that are teaching the classes were leading the auditions and choreographing for the artists. Mm-hmm. So, and I was just on repeat and then I was doing my own things in the community. I was in a dance crew and we would have our shows and we would have rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I tried to have, you know, I was in a relationship. I was trying to do all of these things and I just worked myself ragged until I was in a depress a form of a depression that I didn't recognize I was in and I was not living life. I wasn't living. Mm. I was just like, let me get to point B. And I think the trusting the process and the journey is about how do you live life as you're trying to move towards the thing that you mm. want? You know what I mean? And mm. so I found myself even in this, in this season, like, you know, moving forward in my career and building, you know, community impact through the love haze and my own coaching practice. And then we've got a village we want to like sustain. And then like found myself like you're actually doing it again. (laughs) And my therapist, bless her, was like, um, there's something about not enoughness. Like you think you can work your way to enoughness that I've got to sit with. It's another conversation for another day. Mm -hmm. But anyways, where it started was like, how can you trust and adjust as a way to, navigate yeah the biggest part for me of that example from um church the other day was like when he um knocked the house down mm-hmm. that the people were building mm-hmm. and he had like when he pulled the rug from under he took some of the pieces with him across mm-hmm. the stage and they just started rebuilding yeah and especially for me as a man i think there's this we have this thing where we want to have our shit together before we start to go on to the next step. 
And what if that's not a real place? Mm. What if like my duty is to to bloom where I am, to build where I am, yeah. to start with what I have and mm-hmm. then add on to, or to learn to um, accept the fact that all all the pieces that I had in my mind don't have to be there in order for me to start doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the transaction part of it that I've had to remove from my relationship with my higher power and my relationship with myself, giving myself permission to continue to um plow the fields and to build and to do the work like right where I am mm-hmm. um, and to let that be what my legacy is and whatever I have, uh, wherever I am, it is all good enough yeah. right now for me yeah. to start. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't, I don't get to start until I get to a certain place. I have to start. That's the ex- expectation mm-hmm. of me. So I love that. Mm-hmm. That's enough. This moment's enough. So I don't know if we need to say this, but well, yeah, we do. What's the biggest lesson you think you've learned about trusting the process? I'm still trying to learn what trust is, Charlie. <laughs> um, I think the biggest lesson for me is is being able to zoom out and say, okay. Um, that this is a process, like to be able to mm-hmm. see the forest and not just focus on the trees. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, I can get really focused on this tree and this tree and this tree and this tree. But lately I've been like, okay, how can I sit and zoom out, be more intentional about this forest? How do I want to navigate through it? I want to be present for each of these trees. And that feels like a very woo-woo way to say it, but it's, it's, is like sort of like not getting consumed with any one step is what I'm trying yeah. to say. I'm not going to, I'm trying not to get consumed with any one step of the process, but trying to acknowledge that the totality of it is a process and to like try to live through that, try to yeah. like find my life and still thrive and be happy and find joy and peace and forgiveness and healing and love mm-hmm. through all of the, the parts of it. What about you? Um, I think it's more about learning to be present, mm-hmm. um, to appreciate where I am in the in the moment, uh, to find some to find some level of grounding, mm-hmm. to find something to be grounded in as I'm learning and as I'm going through the process, to not allow any one particular emotion or experience to define what that season is for me right now yeah like uh we've had some hard stuff happen but i won't define this as a season of loss for us Mm. you know what i'm saying i don't want to be defined by any one thing that i experience i want the freedom to give myself the freedom to experience life as it's happening but to choose to pull joy from it to that. choose to not be sad because and not go anywhere and not take trips because we've had this thing that disrupted our plan. Mm-hmm. But if my plan is to have a good life with my wife, then I have to be intentional about not letting that be disrupted because this small thing over here happened. Mm-hmm. And understanding that it is indeed a small thing. Mm-hmm. It is a disruption to what my plan was, but it should have never been about what my plan was. You know, mm-hmm. we can be well-intentioned, you know, and have a plan for our lives. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
the road to hell is paved with good intentions, mm. right? It is not um, that everything is going to go as we plan it. It is, you know, how we respond to those moments that are unplanned for. Uh, and if we, you know, just park there and stew and walla in disappointment, then it will feel like a season of disappointment. And the next thing that happens that is not favorable will feel like, you know, that season of, of disappointment is just reiterated or like I'm just losing in this season. Mm -hmm. But some of it for us when we're in seasons that are not our favorite seasons or in periods of life when it is not, when life is not happening the way we want to, um, for me and for some of us, it is because because we choose to to stew in the disappointment. Yeah. To say, I'm gonna sit right here. I'm disappointed, so I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to spend any more money because I, you know, had to spend this money on my transmission. So now I need to say, mm-hmm. I don't need to give myself permission to have any more fun because what if the next thing happens? You know, and we choose to rest and abide sometimes in like disappointment and sadness and grief and in those spaces rather than accepting that that setback has happened to learn whatever we're supposed to learn from it and to keep moving, to keep choosing progress and not to be stuck in places. Mm, I have me reflected on my own response of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to sit with that a little bit more. That was good stuff. This has been a really good, cathartic conversation, quite honestly. What's the vibe? What's the music for this moment? So, my boy Lupic Fiasco, mm-hmm. um, Kick Push, and just that whole song, the whole vibe. Of course, he's a skateboarder, and he's kind of breaking down, you know, the art of, of skateboarding. And he talks about, you know, a kid that's learning how to skateboard and he fell, but he got back up. And uh, really, the only thing that we can do in life is kick, push, and, you know, when we get to an even spot, we can coast, but to appreciate the entire, the entirety of, like, skateboarding and the freedom that it provides and all of those things. And you have to kick when you got to kick. You got to push when you got to push. And when you get a moment to coast, enjoy that. But prepare yourself for when you got to do all of them. Yeah, I really like too that the the song is a lot about like rejection and like mm-hmm. always being redirected. Like you can't be here, you can't be here, nope, can't be here. But you just keep going to your point. Yeah. Like you, not ever once in the song is it like there where you keep you keep, there's no excuse me sir there's no skating here and you yeah. just stop skating. It's mm-hmm. like I'm gonna keep keep doing this, but you know, just find my way. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes, law. So yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so if you made it to this point in our conversation, you must like what you hear. So go ahead and like, follow, subscribe, share with your people. Uh, We really appreciate. uh, Leave us leave us a comment either if uh, under the episode itself, or you can always reach out to the lovehaze at gmail.com and and share with us ideas for other conversations to Mm -hmm. unpack. We definitely invite you to subscribe to our weekly word. You heard Scott say earlier in the conversation that Mm -hmm. words matter, language matters, and it absolutely does. And so we invite you to, uh, yeah, subscribe to the weekly word. You'll find the link to subscribe in our show notes and we send resources. We send the episodes directly to your inbox. We've got bars from our music from the moment. And yeah, just from uh, insights from our conversations around 
the community. And so we'd love to share that with you and invite you to join our tribe. And like we always say, life will always present us with a haze, but we have everything that we need within us to navigate through it. And most importantly, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Join us next time. And uh, we're going to take this journey together. Come through. All right, y'all. Peace.